This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramia on a Thursday afternoon, and we are here with you until 4 p.m. Eastern time. We'll give you some things to think about throughout the, whatever, half hour we have left. Still lots of conversation, lots of opinions, especially about to come out now, Kels. Mm, I'm going to have some fun here, folks. It's the roundtable. Enjoy it every week because the contestants, no, that's the wrong word. The participants, no, that's the wrong. Anyway, Ramya and our guest get to discuss with me some things on the table. So let's put them on. Let's welcome in our roundtable discussion. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say it. The blind guy feels it now goes, (laughs) well, I don't know. I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Today's guest joining us on the roundtable is friend of the show, our former contributor on the program, Margaret Weldon. Welcome back, Mags. Nice to have you with us. It's great to be here. I was quite excited when I was asked to join you. I'll appreciate your time. Not coerced. Just making sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I was I was asked, and I told Kelly I would be delighted. That's okay. what I told her. It's, Hope you have it's a paper trail. never forced. Never. No. Because I pay too much money. Big maybe, but never forced. Listen, listen, I got to find somebody. Can you come on? Come on. I wouldn't normally bother you to do this, right, but right. I'm bothering you. Uh, guys, here we start with uh, a surprise cancellation of a popular talk show. We get the details from reporter Jason Nathanson. My name is John Stewart. There's a problem at the problem with John Stewart, the show ending after two seasons on Apple TV+. The New York Times says there was an issue over some of the topics Stewart wanted to cover, including China and AI. Taping for season three was due to begin soon. The series was nominated for five Emmys during its run. So while Stewart had creative control over the show, he reportedly told staff that he was frustrated with Apple pushing back on uh, topics and guests. So... The other day we were talking about Britney Spears. It led us to the conversation of how much creative control Britney had over videos over time. And I think about this a lot because, you know, people think when you're doing a show, whether it's one like this or whatever, how much creative control do you get? Whether it comes to guests, whether it comes to anything you see on the screen or hear on the show, the sound, the microphones, anything. How much creative control do you feel one has? Margaret, in your opinion, especially as you've gotten and taken a, a broadcast training course and stuff like that, can you share in your, uh, again, experience in what you've watched on TV and learned about behind the scenes and stuff like that, what kind of control do you perceive or do you think you perceive now versus 10 years ago um, that that somebody like a John Stewart would have? Well, you know, it, it used to be that a lot of people would say things like um, there's freedom of speech. And I think the one thing that I always uh, was fascinated with, I guess, is when I took the broadcasting course, and I guess you guys took something along the same lines, you know, you were always told, don't show the guests the questions you're going to ask ahead of time, or don't tell them the topics you're going to talk about ahead of time, right? That used to be the rule of thumb. But I can remember even within the last two years of doing In the Note, and I had guests on, they would not come on until I showed them them questions Mm. and the wording they were going to use. And if they didn't like the Mm. wording, goodbye. And and, and, and so I I don't know. I don't know how much how much that affects other shows. 
I don't know if it's because they're trying to follow their own guidelines or their own opinions, but uh, that's basically what I myself have noticed. Did, did you feel it was particular to the topics because, and again, you had an array of guests on on for sure, Margaret, that you would bring around. Um, I mean, I think politicians, we can kind of understand no one, they're, they're, they don't want to be ambushed or, by something. But there are different types of people who just feel nervous. I'd like to know. I'd like to be prepared. I don't want to make a fool of myself. Where do you felt, feel it leaned more towards? A lot of it was, yes, number one, uh, I personally would like to be prepared. Number two. I really need to run this by my manager, supervisor, uh, boss, what have you, right? And then I, I, I don't know, you know, we need to also make sure that the wording is proper now, um, it, like it just, just a whole bunch of things. And I can't really say that I, I was leaning to more towards one, one reason than the other. Like they all just seem to be on a pretty equal balance. And I would imagine that that's probably a lot of concern today. Ramya, do you feel a lot of concern is based on the do's and don'ts, what we can say? We talk of Apple, and I don't know what Apple's stance is on some of the content. Um, mm -hmm. We know that podcasts, certain things, especially Joe Rogan, things like that, that got into a lot of problems over the pandemic time, giving what was considered misinformation and also causing that to work against what health um what suggestions the, the the WHO and so on, what the health regulations were of any given place, anything that comes to mind for you where you would feel that that host, uh, the producers for that, the, the, that they kind of have that power. What do you think this comes from? Well, you got to tiptoe, period, nowadays, because we're living in cancel culture. We're in the full pledge of anything you say will be used against you in the uh, critique of social media, of general public, of whatever. You know, we all have access to everything now. So why wouldn't you care how you're being represented on TV, on radio, in uh, writing? There's times where I've made media appearances to, you know, other uh, resources. And I've had a conversation directly with the journalists, directly with the producers. They have links to who I am and what they have access to in uh, just the public eye and still have misquoted me or misrepresented a tiny little detail. And I'm thinking, that's not right. You know, how, how could you put that out there? You know, don't you have enough information on me or didn't I make myself clear? And you start to spiral because... Every tiny little thing you say or every detail about you is accessible to people. And mm -hmm. um, I think that when we're talking specifically with media, as you said, media has the power and entities have the power and authority even to take what you say and manipulate it to fit a story, to fit a particular angle. So I, I don't doubt that these people who come on, these individuals, Margaret, as you talk about, or the entire representation of an organization based on a representative's uh, time with us, time with you, time with a segment or airtime in general, is going to be nitpicked by, you know, with supervisors, managers, higher ups, marketing team, whoever, because yes, of course it has to be triple and quadruple checked that you're not going to go on to some show, say something that'll later on be portrayed in a completely different angle than what you intended. Mm. Or a subject that they just, I mean, it's straightforward. We don't want you to talk about that. We don't need the controversy. We don't wish yeah. to. And again, I think shows you're on a certain network. You know CNN is going to do something different than Fox over there in the States. The way they tell a story, the same story or a topic is going to be different. Exactly. You may not, your company, 
go for that. You may, they may, no, we lean the other way. And you can call them out. Well, that's not being as honest with us, the audience. And I think that's a personal call people have to make on themselves. And, you know, Stuart saying, look, I want to do this. I want to do that. No, we're not comfortable with that. It's that's ignorant it not to, to look into that. It's ignorant that's if right. you go in, you know, completely unaware of how a host might present you. Uh, like if somebody didn't listen to our show and came on, you're just hoping for the best, right? Yeah. Well, and you're hoping, and I think people get into this idea that, yeah, I can say what I want, but no one's going to make me look silly on air, oh, right? Yeah. And, and we got to be careful of wanting the, it to be a certain way because, oh, leave it to him. He'll say something about this particular topic. And if you agree with it, whether it's a right or, uh, I don't want to say right or wrong, whether it's a harsh opinion or whatever, um, we do, you know, have to be ready for that kickback. But mostly, Margaret, we have to be ready that there's somebody up there running the company, whether they own it, they, they're the boss or whatever, mm -hmm. somebody else is this show is in their hands. I will give you a, a couple of quick examples. Now, Monday, if you want to go back to listen to the, there's a, there's a station, it's called Zoomer Radio, and they do a, a, a show at noon hour every weekday from 12 to 1. It's called Fight Back. But on Monday, they, they played um, an interview with Pierre Polyev, who's the leader of our uh, federal conservative party here in Canada. And, and a journalist. And you know what? I mean, the the interview shows basically what not to do. I mean, you had Pierre Polyev eating an apple. You had the journalist tripping all over himself because he, he wasn't asking a question properly. And then he was offend, you know, he was offending Mr. Polyev. And then the same thing about a couple of months ago where I was listening to um, a, a news report or a news interview. And the lady had asked the guy about his his partner. And the guy said, you just outed our relationship. Oh, Right? Yeah. Now, okay. You know, I, I, so, so again, yes, you, you have to be careful. You just don't know. Right. And, and it and comes back to what you yeah. said about respect ladies, right? You yes. do have to respect the guests, the time, your network, your people and your coworkers, because you can't be putting everybody else. Now with this, with John Stewart fighting them, there's other people now put out of work from doing mm. this show. And in uh, our case former... too, oh, sorry, Kelly, in our, in our case too, you got to remember people are giving us their time, right. To, yep. to tell us yeah. about their things. So yep. you got to remember that. Yeah. Former Canada coach John Herdman said it was a privilege to work with Christine St. Clair, who has announced her retirement from international soccer at the end of the year. He says no one will have ever surpassed her world record of 190 goals. Take a listen. Well, I think it's the right time. And, you know, what more could she have achieved in this game? I mean, what, win a World Cup? Yeah. I mean, she's, uh, she's the GOAT, always will be. I can't see another one going to surpass her. Not, not in that position. Herdman and Sinclair won back-to-back -back bronze medals at the Olympics uh, in 2012 and 2016. So I, this made me think as I also heard a conversation about Doris Burke, who is a broadcaster who is now joining what they consider a number one broadcast team for NBA TV coverage. And the legitimacy. Now, we, we talk about that ceiling that's out there when it comes to a difference in pay for ladies doing stuff. We know there's been arguments, especially when it, regarding soccer and the payment, the fairness between the um, U.S. and Canadian women's soccer teams and the male Canadian and U.S. soccer teams debate over that. We come back to this pay thing. The thing I want to, I kind of find interesting is credibility. Doris Burke uh, being a part of this broadcast crew for NBA basketball. Now, we know there's the ladies, the equivalent league, the WNBA out there as well. So one might say, well, why isn't she over there broadcasting? Why isn't she being a broadcast over there? Um, what does she know? 
about basketball. Well, this is a woman who has come up the ranks doing college and, and so on to get to doing NBA, who's respected by coaches. This is an argument, Ramya, that I hear, and and I, I, I don't understand how people still think some of the things we do. She doesn't belong talking NBA basketball. How can she relate as a woman? Yeah, obviously this part of the argument, this particular uh, scope of it, you know, how does she know what she's talking about because she's a woman? Okay, cancel that, right? That's just misogyny. Um, but there is something, in my opinion at least, to be said about broadcasting versus knowing the game. And I think that just comes with years of practice. It comes with knowing the ebbs and flows of what it means to be a sports broadcaster. You know, there's different positions, right? We're talking about play-by-play -play and color commentary, and we can tell. You who listens to, Kels, you listen to a lot of sports broadcasting. You have your favorites. Your, uh, you can probably pick out what you would consider some of the challenges that some of the broadcasters have just because you're a broadcaster and a sports fan so you have both of these angles to kind of uh, check into right so there's some of that that i think is legitimate like if you're a newer broadcaster you got to find your footing nothing to do with whether you're a woman or not uh, and whether or not you have the legitimacy and the exp expertise of firsthand in sports that has nothing to do with it but it's just the time spent practicing, the time spent being a broadcaster, the time spent uh, in going through the mentorships or the coaching to be taken seriously as a broadcaster. I am able to separate these things and compartmentalize. But obviously, if we start throwing in, yeah, she's a woman, that just, that's just so many biases and years and years of it. Margaret, you watch a lot of political stuff on TV, a lot of news, and we have a lot of male and female uh, broadcasters. We have people who, as we know, with everything, the stuff going on in the Ukraine, the stuff going on Israel and uh, on the Gaza Strip. Do you lend more credibility to those who have had time in these conflict locations when they come on the on the screen? Are you more apt to listen to them, or does your standard broadcaster, who's watching what they can, and now with the way things are today, do you still look for that person that has the experience of maybe spending that time in, in a war-torn country or two reporting on it? The only thing that I really look for, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, I mean, anybody can have the experience and anybody can can broadcast it. But I like the straight facts. Like, I know that there's people out there who will tell the story, but then give their opinion. And to me, that's not what I'm looking for. And yes, I, I do like to hear from people who are actually in that situation at the time. But if, if, if it's not, and if they can present the story well without putting their biased opinion on it, then that's okay too, right? Um, and, and that's the thing. And sometimes I, I think that's that that's what goes on uh, more in, I would think, um, some of the American channels that I listen to rather than Canadian channels. Now, that doesn't mm. mean to say that doesn't go on, but I'm saying it, it, it just seems to go on more there, you know. And if I want the news, I just want the news. I, I don't awesome. want the opinion. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ramya, growing up, what was Halloween like? Oh, trick-or-treating basically was Halloween for me. I didn't love getting dressed up, but I was willing to put in the work because it meant that I could go get candy and chocolates. Your favorite <laughs> costume? I was <laughs> uh, not really great for costumes, honestly. Just the basic stuff, you know, the witch. I think I was Sleeping Beauty when I was a kid one time. I didn't get away with onesies and just masks. Like, we always went full-on costumes, but I don't have any favorites other than the one that I pulled off here, which is the character of the nun a couple of years ago at AMI. That Don set you up with, I think. Was it Don? No. 
That was oh, me. Okay. That was my friend and I. That was you, eh? Makeup oh, to the T. Right, right. I okay, yeah. yes. Right. Margaret, what is your memory of, of Halloween? Um, and do you particularly enjoy Halloween over Christmas or which one? Oh, no, no, no. Christmas is, Christmas is, 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 is it for me. Christmas is it for me. Uh, what was as Halloween the, like then? Well, Halloween was, was okay. As far as the favorite costume goes, though, Tetley T. Folk Dancer. That's what I dressed up as one year. Who, when, when, who, what, who? The Tetley T. Folk Dancer. <laughs> oh, oh, Tetley T. Folk Dancer. When did yes. you do that? Oh, that was back in 19, uh, 1980, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. And I, and I had like the bells on the shoes. And I had the special mask that had the tea that that had that we had put the tea bags on. I had this really neat coat, and the only thing I didn't have with me because I didn't know how to carry it with me at the time was that was the music that used to go with it. You know the right. Yes, I think Margaret, I picture you more as the Kool Aid pitcher wrapped right up and just barging through a door and saying, "Oh yeah." Well, at that time, oh yeah. Thanks, Mags. Bye. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. Margaret Weldon joining us on the roundtable. We do the roundtable Thursdays right here on Kelly and Rumya. Taking a quick break and coming back to wrap up the show with you. We've got uh, teasers for now with Dave Brown, our morning show. We also got a closing moment and teasers for tomorrow's Kelly and Rumya. We will be back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Rumya after this short break. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 